Welcome to TBA Now. I'm Keith Stern, the rabbi of Temple Beth Avodah. I am blessed to know the many extraordinary people who are connected to our congregational community. This podcast is an opportunity to get to know who they are and what they do. Nancy Liverman, who helped shape the trajectory of TBA over many years, is a gentle, loving soul. She cares. You can just tell as soon as you meet her. Nancy just wants to help in every aspect of her life, personal and professional. Nancy found a niche for the past few years working for Netta, the first marijuana dispensary in the greater Boston area. She became a valued employee offering sage advice in a loving, thoughtful way. We're talking to Nancy Liverman about marijuana, its uses medicinally, and its potential to help millions of people because she wants to help. Come listen. Nancy Liverman, welcome to TBA Now. Thank you, Rabbi. It's a pleasure to be here. It is great to be with you and to talk about a very, in a strange sort of way, continuing kind of controversial topic, which is marijuana. It has been through such an insane long history. And one of the things that has become very apparent to many people, at least in many states, in many countries, is that um, marijuana is something with enormous medicinal properties. At the outset, I want to say that Nancy is not a doctor, nor does she profess to be I consider myself a cannabis counselor. I have just acquired some knowledge uh, based on just my work with lots of patients. So no, I'm not a doctor. I have no medical background. I just have the experience of working with thousands of medical marijuana patients. What led up to your working for Netta? My marijuana journey, uh, you know, I maybe smoked a joint or two in college, but I was never... I think once I graduated college, I didn't touch or even think about marijuana until 2012 when Massachusetts legalized medical marijuana. And during that time, I was hearing about a young girl in Colorado named Charlotte, and she was just a baby, and her mother moved to Colorado to access a very specific strain of marijuana to treat her seizures. And she became very famous in these circles, and and there was a lot being written about this treatment for this child. And as you know, we have a daughter with epilepsy, so her journey really piqued my interest. So I started doing some research, now living in a state that had at least legalized medical marijuana if it was three years until we actually had an open dispensary. So I was lucky enough to find, believe it or not, a school. I Googled and I found a a school for cannabis in Natick, Mm. Massachusetts, which is now defunct, sadly. But it was called the Northeastern Institute of Cannabis, and I enrolled. During the time that I was a student, I got my own medical card. And when we didn't have dispensaries here, so I drove up to Maine, who would accept a Massachusetts medical cannabis card. And I started treating my, my insomnia, which I had my whole life. That was the beginning of my personal journey. Uh, it was never something that I really thought that I would, you know, I wasn't going into the marijuana field thinking about myself. I was really thinking about my daughter. 
but it, it was a real game changer for me and my insomnia. And it took a little while to figure out the right protocol for me. It's not a marijuana is not a one size fits all type of treatment. It was 2015 when we started opening up dispensaries and I applied at NETA, New England Treatment Access. I was so lucky to be one of their first hires because I had from the very beginning access to all these patients who came in, who many of them knew what they were doing. Uh, many of them did not know what they were doing. And it was a journey for all of us. And I started acquiring my information that I use today still. There are probably folks that probably don't know much about medicinal marijuana and just kind of slap it all together with a Cheech and Chong uh, movie. And so you talked about um, one of the reasons that um, learning about marijuana was important was how you might better support your daughter, Avra, re regarding her epilepsy. So the uninformed person might say, wait, you were getting your daughter high? <laughs> Talk about the different levels that marijuana use is not simply about being stoned. Well, I'm so happy you brought that up because it is, It's. I think it's one of the lesser known factors about marijuana is that you don't have to be high. There are at least a hundred different cannabinoids. So different compounds in the cannabis that we're trying to discover their usages. And I think a lot of people know about CBD. So CBD is very popular now. You can find it everywhere. I wouldn't buy it Anywhere that you can't get a certificate of analysis, I wouldn't buy it at, you know, any of the drugstores or vitamin shops or anything like that. I would get it from either dispensary or um, an online resource where you can read their certificate of analysis. But CBD is, is so valuable that they're finding that it's the CBD with maybe just a touch of THC to get what they call the entourage effect um, that helps with seizures, that helps with MS muscle spasms. It's just a wonderful anti-anxiety, uh, anti-inflammatory. I mean, they're just constantly learning more about CBD. So uh, that's, that's one compound that's easily studied now because that's not federally illegal like th any THC product is. So what we used to smoke in the 70s and 80s, who knew what that was? You know, we didn't know the strength of it. We didn't know how it was grown, what were there pesticides, molds. The beauty of current cannabis is that it's regulated. So you can you know what you have, you know that it's clean, you know how it's it's grown or where it's grown, and you can find all the different components if you're looking for a specific chemical compound like a terpene. A terpene is the scent and taste compounds that drive the high. If you do use the THC side, you can use a strain that's invigorating or sedating or a combination of the two. Back in the day, we had no idea what we were smoking. So it's very different today. It's very regulated. Right, right. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And Massachusetts is doing a great job of it. We're probably the cleanest weed in the country because of the regulations that Massachusetts has imposed. So it, it, it took them a while from uh, the vote to the actual opening. And, and uh, there were a lot of frustrated people. But it seems like at least one of the things that happened was the quality control was really very, very, very essential. That's right. And, and THC is the or aspect of marijuana that is more psychoactive. How, how would you describe that? 
I use the description of intoxication and psychoactive. So something that is psychoactive would be like caffeine is psychoactive. You drink a cup of coffee, you feel a something. Well, that's CBD is psychoactive. You can take some CBD in smaller doses. It can be very focusing. In larger doses, it can be very relaxing and sedating. A lot of people use CBD, which is not intoxicating, but is psychoactive in that it is relaxing and calming. Um, THC, I consider that intoxicating like alcohol. So it it will affect your motor skills. And so, so I like to call the THC side the the intoxicating side where the CBD, CBG, CBN, all these other cannabinoids that are starting to pop up and showing really amazing medicinal value um, are more you know, they can be psychoactive in certain doses. I mean, you may not feel it at all, but in larger doses, you may feel some effect being just relaxing, but not imparting any motor skill deficits. Right. During your years working at NETA, what were some of the issues that became common concerns for people that led them to seek the use of some of marijuana and its derivatives for assistance? Being a middle-aged woman, I thought no one's going to want to come to my window because they're all going to be young and I look like everyone's mother. Well, it turns out that everyone that walked through the door was a contemporary of mine. Not everyone. Everyone's mother was coming to the dispensary. Right. Everyone's mother and father and grandparents. We had women and men in their 80s and 90s that I just thought were incredible. And many people that come to marijuana um, as treatment have tried many other things. And it may be that it didn't work for them or they didn't like the side effects of traditional modern medicines. Um, They were looking for an alternative. So many of them came in not wanting, you know, high functioning adults in in their worlds didn't want to be high, but they had anxiety or depression or pain or, um, you know, maybe it's insomnia. I mean, there's just, it's endless. And, and they would, you know, come into NETA and say, how can I treat this without being high or at least not high during the day. I can sleep through a high. So, you know, using THC at night to sleep is a great alternative. You, it's, it kicks in and kick, and it's out by the time you wake up. Um, but during the day, how do I function? I have to drive. I've got young kids. I've got work to do. What do I do? And there's, so then there's a place for them in cannabis. And one is CBD, as we've discussed. It's not intoxicating, but there's also, uh, THCA, which a lot of people don't know about, that's the THC, the one that we were talking about is that's intoxicating. It's the acid form. So it's the form that it's in before it's been converted to the intoxicating chemical that we know. And that's very medicinal. So the combination of those two could be very helpful to all these people are coming in with all these different conditions. Were people coming in, and I don't, and people that you're working now in your uh, work as a consultant, who whose doctors suggest they try it, or are people kind of coming to marijuana and not telling their doctors because mm, it seems like uh, the medical profession is still reluctant to authorize or suggest the use of marijuana as a medicinal component in treatment. 
So we have had, I have had many people suggested that were referred to us through their doctors. I've had a few that never told their doctors that they're using cannabis and their doctors actually think they're medical miracles. So I remember early on, because it was still fear and doctors aren't, don't have much education about cannabis yet. Hopefully that's now becoming part of their training. But um, I had a, a man come in who had glaucoma and we we all know, I think a lot of people know that marijuana is great for glaucoma. He started using cannabis. His glaucoma was controlled. He never told his doctor. He refused to tell his doctor. And his doctor thinks that he's a medical miracle. But I, I've actually had doctors and nurses come in. And with their, I mean, they're, they're people too with conditions just like you and I have. Right. I had this one, for some reason, when we would do consults at NETA, they often gave me the older people. I, I mean, that's not a surprise, but also the medical professionals, I guess, maybe because I wasn't afraid to speak to them. And we would go off into a consultation room. So there was once this, this physician who came in and he was just in the foulest mood. He didn't want to be there. I'm sure maybe his wife made him come in. I don't know. But he had restless leg syndrome. And I can imagine why he was so cranky. And he was so sleep deprived. So I, I just, I don't blame him one bit for being cranky, but he just was practically rolling his eyes at me as I was talking him through what I might recommend for him. And he bought it, you know, he took his marijuana home and he, he ate his nighttime cannabis allotment and Two weeks later, he skipped in. Literally, he was skipping and waving to me <laughs> saying, it works, it works. And it was just just an incredible, incredible experience to witness this man's change. There are certainly people who still find the existence of marijuana dispensaries to be somehow unethical or immoral. What are your thoughts about the existence of dispensaries and the criticisms that sometimes people get that shouldn't be there and we don't know enough about marijuana and it's dangerous? Uh, well, I guess generally, I wish they could see what I see, talk to the people I talk to and experience the experiences that that these, you know, just the communication that I've had with all these people because... I, I think it would change their minds. You know, if you just saw how it literally changes lives. There was a teenage girl. She was, I think, 18. She had such severe agoraphobia and anxiety that she hadn't left the house in three years. This is before COVID. And she hadn't been out of the house until she started using cannabis. He started buying her a you know a, there's there's strains of cannabis that have very low THC and high CBD so they're not going to get her terribly stoned and after a while she probably even acclimated to the amount of THC she was taking in and he said right now she's out looking for a job and he just started to well up so as a parent like you can't deny his daughter didn't leave the house for 3 years and thanks to cannabis yeah. She was out looking for a job. It was beyond anything he could imagine. Another one, a 
middle-aged woman came in. She was buying cannabis for her husband, who was stage four cancer. Once he started using cannabis, it brought him back to her because he didn't have to use so many painkillers and opiates that just zombied him out. And they felt that they had a few months, a few good months together before he passed on. She felt like that was the, the most incredible gift that she had her husband back for a few months. And that's that's pretty compelling right there. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, there seems to be, uh, in the next couple of years, there's going to be uh, a significant uh, increase in the number of dispensaries, not just in Newton, but in the, in the greater Boston community. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think access is great. I think it's great to have access to regulated cannabis products. I personally wish that there were more medical dispensaries opening up. They all seem to be recreational. And and that's fine. It's just that I think that for medical use, I I'm looking often for myself and for people that I'm consulting with high CBD strains and recreationally people are looking to get high. So I guess it would be akin to, you know, a low alcohol by volume product. You know, they they don't that's not going to sell recreationally. They're looking to make money. So right. so they want they're going to sell what people want and I guess recreationally they want to get high and it's a I think a wonderful choice recreationally personally I think it's a safer recreational choice I mean obviously I would never suggest that anyone consume cannabis and drive and or um, you know the same goes for alcohol I'd prefer my children consume cannabis than alcohol recreationally and your children are older than 21 they are. So, yeah, I think I, I like that there's access. I just wish that there were more medical dispensaries opening because there's different products available through a medical dispensary than there are through recreational, and that's all regulated through the state. You're saying that medicinal marijuana and its various derivatives that are uh, useful for people medicinally, what forms do those generally come in? So there's wonderful options out there, thank goodness. So you can inhale. So the inhale would be through either smoking, through a, a joint, a pipe, a water pipe, um, and then there's vaporizers, a vape pen. You can also, so you can vaporize an oil concentrate, or you can vaporize the actual plant in a, and, and vaporizers are considered a safer alternative to smoking if you don't want to breathe in burnt plant matter, um, which is a great choice to not breathe in burnt plant matter. A vaporizer just heats the, can the cannabis to the point where it vaporizes the compounds and you can inhale those. And that's a more immediate effect uh, for people who need some pain, anxiety, whatever relief they need right away, they can have that right away. And then that will last about 90 minutes to two hours, say, uh, from many people. And that's it's easy to sort of dose yourself throughout the day with just like an inhalation here and there or throughout the night if you need it. Uh, that's It's very convenient. There's also tinctures, which is just a drop under the tongue which is a quicker onset than an edible uh, because it's it's uh, sublingually absorbed. 
And I'm a big fan of tinctures because you can combine THC products with CBD products and make your own uh, proportions, which I'm a big fan of that. Uh, and then there's edibles, which do take a while to kick, kick in, but have a longer duration. So it might take an hour to two hours to fully kick in, but then it might last six to eight hours. So that's a good choice for lots of people as well. And then there are topicals. So I don't want to forget topicals because I, I often forget to talk about it, but it's it's actually, they're wonderful. And I know there's a lot of CBD topicals out there, but if you can access the topicals at a dispensary, that's a combination of the THC and the CBD, It's they're wonderful. And they're great for muscle pain and nerve pain. And they they don't make you high. You can't get high from rubbing THC on your skin. Your career path, you worked at Netta uh, up till when? Until COVID hit. And then I, I peaced out because I just, yeah, I just felt it was too risky. I, and and I, I didn't want to bring it home and kill my husband. And I thought that was a good choice. I think so. He's a good guy. We should keep him around. You uh, did not abandon this field. Tell us kind of what the path was from COVID till now. Uh, in your exploration of marijuana as a medicinal presence in people's lives? As as I was sitting around my house and I, I Marie Kondoed every closet I could find and I was ready for the next, what's next. And I should have had you come over to my house. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was actually, that was fun. You know, I was just thinking that I acquired all this knowledge and it was just a shame not to put it to use. And, and during that time, recreational dispensaries were opening up and I felt that they were hiring people that, or they weren't training uh, people like they were and and in fact they weren't even doing face to face consultations anymore because of covid you'd have to just place your order online and then pick it up and that's it right. uh, so there was really no conversations possible and i think that's a problem especially if you're an older person and you don't have much experience with cannabis and cannabis could possibly be your last great hope to resolve some of your issues it would mm -hmm. be a real shame for them to have a bad experience and possibly yeah. by either using the wrong strain or or dosing too high and having a bad experience you're going to say that's it i'm not going to use this product so and yeah. and that's i think that's would be tragic if this is the last possibly the last hope for someone so i thought maybe i'd start doing just consultations so i found you know created a name and I am now doing business as your cannabis counselor.com. And, um, and so I do these Zoom consultations with someone who's interested in starting their cannabis journey. And then I started, I thought, how can I access more the, the demographic that's really true to my heart, which is the seniors? So um, I'm now going to different senior living establishments that don't get federal funding because they won't let me in the door if I'm going to talk about cannabis. But these, mm. you know, other senior living facilities have me in and I speak about cannabis and then talk with any of their residents that are interested in speaking to me. And then we go to the nearest dispensary and make some choices. Oh, so you take them on a field trip? We do. So what's that like? 
<laughs> so it was amazing. Um, you know, they're little walkers and, you know, some cane, some under their own steam, and they're very excited. They all wanted their photos taken so that they could send it to their grandchildren. Absolutely. And um, and it was it's very exciting to to be part of that journey because we take baby steps. And I just want to be really clear that I always advise that people tell their doctors before they start this journey. They should absolutely let their primary care know that they're interested in THC products, CBD-only products, a combination. Let them know that you're on this journey so that they can double-check any pharmaceutical interactions that they might not be happy with. Uh, most give their blessing. I think at this stage, the evidence suggests that there's no reason not to. As you look at the landscape, do you have any kind of concerns as uh, the marijuana market expands, both a sense of concern or caution, and also what's something that you really hope for in this uh, growing market? Well, I guess my concerns are the what I s stated so far is just that we're getting further and further away from the medical side of cannabis in these dispensaries. And I, I hope that, that as people treat themselves with cannabis, I, I'm sure people are going into recreational dispensaries looking to treat themselves medicinally. And it's just they're kind of on their own at that point. Um, I'm hoping that dispensaries will realize that there's a need for consultations in-house and to educate their staff and to carry some of these higher CBD products that are so valuable medicinally and the combination of THC and CBD products. The research on the terpene part of cannabis is growing, and I'm hoping that dispensaries in the future will be a little more boutique-y in that they will test for these terpenes and advertise them because they're essential in in treating certain conditions. And I, I just hope that as the science catches up with the usage, that people who are walking into dispensaries will have more knowledge themselves. It'll They'll just have access to more knowledge. And hopefully, the people working in the dispensaries will have more knowledge and can impart that and help people along. Because it's an incredible plant. And, and I hope that the stigma uh, starts to wane as people like me and, you know, anyone else who just is walking around normal, functional person in the world comes out and says, yes, I'm a cannabis user and it changed my life. And I'm not a stoner. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just, this is my medicine. I mean, this is just an aside. When I first started using cannabis to sleep, my kids would, um, and I was still trying to figure out my protocol. I would go upstairs and take a little gummy early so that it would kick in in time to put me to sleep. I wasn't inhaling at the time. And my, my children would say, oh yeah, mom's going upstairs to air quote, medicate. <laughs> and, you know, because I never wanted to hide my usage from them. Right. Because I wouldn't hide that I'm taking an Ambien. Why would I hide that I'm taking a cannabis gummy? It just is inconceivable to me. I just don't get it. I just hope and pray that the the stigma starts to wane. People realize that it's not a gateway drug, that in fact, 
it's impacting the opioid epidemic. There are definitely people who, and I've worked with them, who have been able to eliminate or greatly reduce the use of their opiates uh, through cannabis use. And it seems like it's potentially possible that um, before too long that the federal federal government will reassess um, the law because it would be truly a game changer in the in so many ways regarding marijuana and its accessibility and which would then also allow a kind of research to be done that really is not it's not legal for a university that is uh, federally supported in some way with various programs to openly study marijuana it's 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 very restrictive so tell us someone's listening and going you know i i have this like insomnia too or yeah that restless leg syndrome thing or whatever um so what would we do would we uh go online T- tell us what your website is again oh oh thank you it's yourcannabiscounselor.com you can read you know my little backstory and um and what to expect from a consultation with me and and there's a a link to sign up and we'll we'll meet through Zoom or on the phone, however you're you know however you're comfortable, and and have our conversation. So I can do this all over the country, anywhere that you can access medical marijuana, right? Because I'll just pull up on my computer your local dispensary, and I can look at their menu and see that they have the products that I would suggest could possibly be helpful. This is a really helpful thing because there isn't any kind of uh, blueprint for if you got this take this uh it it really is very individual and having someone hold your hand through this is not just nice i really think it's essential i think i think one needs if one is looking at this not about getting stoned but is looking for it as relief from uh pains aches and otherwise discomfort that um that having someone make the suggestions you know try this one no don't do this Uh, this is a good edible this is I think it just makes it a really valuable experience. And, and I'm so glad to know that now as a consultant, you are making your uh, wisdom available to others um, because there's there's a lot to be said for the use of this uh, natural substance to bring a kind of healing and relief. And you are really gifted in that. And it's been so nice to talk with you, and I'm so glad that we get to talk about marijuana and its positive uses and wishing you health and ongoing success in your work. Um, and, and, and thanks for taking the time uh, to be on TBA now, Nancy. Oh, Rabbi. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, and I think you're an absolute rock star for taking this, this subject on. I hope people really accept um, and and appreciate your chutzpah here. Yeah, well, I, I think if, it, if we were talking about like dealing under the table, I might want to, you know, hold it back. But I, I think it's a, it's a in the state of Massachusetts, it is available, it's legal, and I think it's an important conversation to have. So I'm, I'm happy to have it. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Find all of our episodes on BethAvoda.org or on podcast sites everywhere. 
Special thanks to our brilliant producer, Amy Tonkanaji, and our intrepid engineer, Mike Kligerman. Mm-hmm.